0: I grew up, uh, I grew up in a small town, alright, and when I say small town, I mean small town, not Mexico small, like uh, Knightstown, Indiana is, uh, at the last census, was 2,000 people, alright, so way small town, Okay, uh, and, and this town, uh, it, was, it was so small, in fact, that they had three stoplights, all on the same drag, and I think the only reason they had those three stoplights was to make you to stop before you kept going uh, through the town. Uh, the, The most exciting thing that happened while I was in school was we got a subway, yay us, uh, and, and they as a high school, that was awesome because that was real food for us. Uh, and and uh, when sometime when I was in high school, they also built a Burger King about five miles north of town. So uh, that's our town that we grew up in. So moving to Mexico, that's an upgrade uh, in a lot of ways for, for me. It was a downgrade for Emily who lived in Lincoln. But uh, for me, it was an upgrade. And Mexico, even though it is larger, all right. It is still has a small town feel to it. And, and there's a lot of things uh, that are good about small towns. You know, they don't always have uh, the crime that some of the larger cities have. Uh, but there are some downsides. And, and one of the downsides I feel that small towns have is that everybody knows everybody. All right, and, and, I mean, you can't go to a store without seeing someone, which is somewhat good, but if you grew up with someone, you know who they are, right? And if you grew up with them and they were a troublemaker in school, what is your initial thought about who they are as adults? Oh, yeah, that they're troublemakers still, right? And so I think that can be a downside for this reason, because we, uh, for one reason or another, have in our minds that people really don't change, you know? Maybe they, they act a little bit differently, but push, when push comes to shove, they're going to be that person that they always have been. And, and as Christians, this, is com- this complicates things because uh, if we know Joe and Joe in high school would never have listened to us talk about Jesus, then Joe as an adult would, would never listen to us about Jesus, right? Or at least that's what we think. All right, and, and we don't really think that that ha- change happens in lives. And so I want to kind of challenge that today. Uh, we are in this series that we've called One Hit Wonders. where We're looking at uh, the five books in the Bible uh, that are a singular chapter long. Uh, and, and so we're going to be looking in Philemon today. Uh, and so if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to turn to Philemon uh, and, and try to find it. It starts with a P-H. All right? It is before the book of Hebrews. And after the books of 1st and 2nd Timothy and Titus. So I hope that you're able uh, to to look up it. Uh, And we're going to kind of use uh, the book to give us our background, okay? And so uh, I'm going to read verses 1 uh, through 3 uh, as soon as we are able to find it. You can can cheat. You can look in the table of contents. It's in the New Testament. P.H. Philemon P.H. H-I-L-E-M-O-N. All right, here we go. Here's, as you're still looking for it for some of you, uh, here is how it starts. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, also to Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, And the Lord Jesus Christ. So, uh, this is a typical opening for a letter in this time period. Uh, We, when we write our letters, we do what? We say, "Dear so and so," right? We say who the letter is for, and then where do we we introduce ourselves? Oh, yeah, we don't tell who's writing the letters till the very end, right? doesn't always make sense, right? Because sometimes you have to figure out who's writing it to have context. Well, uh, the New Testament writers, uh, in, in that time period, they started off with who is writing the letter. All right? So the, the authors of this letter is Paul and Timothy, and primarily Paul. Paul will, will mention that. I am the one writing this later, as we shall see. All right? So these are the guys writing it, and they're writing it to the next group of people. It's a group, th- group of three, Philemon, Philemon, uh, I got to remember her name, Aphia and Archippus. All right, and so uh, what do we know of these people? Not a whole lot. Right, Archippus appears in the book of Colossians. Therefore, we kind of assume that they live in the area of Colossae. Uh, but other than that, we don't know anything about these people. All right, Paul never visits Colossae. I Paul, uh, when he went on his missionary journeys, he went to the big cities and he would start churches there and then he would allow those churches to send people to all the smaller towns. All right. So as he went on to the next town to establish churches, Uh, so he's never been to Colossae, but even though he's never been there, we get the kind of feeling that he knows who these people are. Right, as he's writing them and, and addressing them, he, he talks about them a little bit. He says, Philemon, you're our dear friend and fellow worker. You know, so, so he knows Philemon. I mean, he, it's more than just, hey, I know about you. No, no, you're a dear friend to me. All right, so he's had some kind of interaction. Aphia is his sister. All right, many people think Afia is probably Philemon's wife. Alright. Uh, he calls he talks about Archippus. All right? and he uses this word fellow soldier. All right? And so uh, we get this idea that he knows these people personally. And so the question is, how does he know these people? Again, we don't we don't see these people anywhere else in the Bible, and so we don't really necessarily know. Right? It could be uh, because of where Colossae is located that They've gotten to know Paul during one of his missionary journeys. I call Osai sits in between two areas that Paul spent a lot of time in. To the uh, east of Colossae is the area of Galatia, and that's where Paul spent his first missionary journey, and maybe he came across these people as he is traveling uh, during that first missionary journey to the various cities there. Or uh, to the west is the town of Ephesus, and Paul will spend two years in Ephesus uh, on the third missionary journey he takes. And so it could be that in that two-year period, these people have come to Ephesus to buy things and to sell things. and they met Paul there and they worked with Paul while he was there. We really do not know, but we know that they know each other well. All right? And Paul uh, ends this opening section with the traditional grace and peace that comes in pretty much all of his letters. All right, so he's going to uh, talk in this next section about Philemon a little bit more. He says this starting in verse four. I said, "I always thank God, my God." as I remember you in my prayers, because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. All right, so Paul, uh, in this section, he's praising Philemon. All right, he's he's talking about everything that Philemon does, and and he's remembering God, uh, remembering in his prayers to God about Philemon and praising God that Philemon is around. All right, Philemon, he has a love for other people, as we see in this section. We see that uh, he has a strong faith. All right. And, and, and Paul is really excited about this. And there's people in our lives, I think, that are like this, all right, that we have encountered in one shape or another. And when we encounter them, we're just thankful that they were there for us. And we're thankful for all that they do for the Lord. Uh, for me, I have two people like that. Uh, one is a guy by the name of Eliezer, and uh, he was my roommate in college. And Eliezer, he's just this this awesome guy that that we talked to uh, at least once a month, if not uh, every other week or so. Uh, and he's doing great ministry uh, up in, in Chicago area. And he, he's just this guy that I'm thankful for in the way that he encouraged me to grow in my faith and the way that he spreads the word of God and works in the kingdom. Another guy is a guy by the name of Ron Oren. Uh, Ron was a minister at my uh, small church uh, in Indiana. He, uh, he came when I was in 8th or ninth grade and uh, he, as the only minister on staff, decided to invest time into the youth. The first minister that we had while I was there that did that. Uh, and he invested time in a, in a guy that was in 8th and ninth grade, the only one in the high school. And he spent a lot of time with me, encouraged me uh, to grow and to go into ministry. And I'm thankful for Ron and all that he has done in my life. And that's why I kind of picture happening here is, is Paul is thankful for Philemon. He's encountered him, he's seen how he works, he's heard about what Philemon's done since they've parted their own ways, and he is excited about all that is happening. Uh, His prayer for Philemon is that as he continues to work for the kingdom of God, that that work will uh, bring about in Philemon's life a greater knowledge of who Christ is, and he's grateful for the refreshment that, that Philemon brings in the life of other people. Now, why is Paul doing this? Well, as we're going to see, Paul has a very sensitive subject that he's wanting to talk to Philemon about. Right, and it's a, a subject that, that he has to kind of work his way into. Right, he's not trying to butter up Philemon. I think he's very genuine, saying, you're an awesome guy. And he's reminding Philemon about how awesome he is. Right, he's reminding him about how faithful he is to Christ. And so he's going to touch on a very difficult subject, starting in verse saying, And this is the subject. It says, Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold in order you to do what you ought to do, yet I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. It is... Uh, it is as none other than Paul, an old man and now a prisoner of Christ, that I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in change. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useful to both to you and to me. I am sending him, who is my very heart, back to you. And so the, the, the subject that Paul is wanting to talk to Philemon about is a guy by the name of Onesimus. Right, Onesimus, uh, as we'll see in a little bit, uh, was a slave that belonged to Philemon, and he was a slave uh, that ran away. All right, and so this is, there's a lot of things. That's, that's kind of the background to Onesimus, so let's talk a little bit more about the details of that. Right, slavery in the Roman Empire uh, was a slightly different than the slavery we often think about. Uh, the slavery in our history as Americans uh, was a slavery against one ethnic group. Uh, and the Roman Empire wasn't necessarily against one ethnic group. It was basically anybody that uh, couldn't pay taxes or pay debts. They got put into slavery. They sold usually their children to pay off their debts. Uh, or if they, their city was taken over, they became slaves by the Roman Empire. Uh, and so it, there, criminals were, were often used as slaves as well. And so it didn't matter who you were. You could eventually become a slave. All right, so that's part of it, but it was still very bad. All right? The Roman law pretty much allowed anything that a slave owner wanted to do to his slave, he could pretty much do. He could beat you. Uh, depending on the offense that you had committed, he could kill you. And the punishment for running away as a slave was death, all right? if the, if the uh, owner so wished that it to be that way. And so there's, there's a lot of things behind this. And so Paul is sending Onesimus back to his slave owner and, and with the understanding that if Philemon really wanted to, Onesimus could be killed. All right, So it's a very sensitive subject. So that we can kind of see why Paul kind of talked about how Philemon is such a good guy because Philemon, here's going to be a very tough situation you're about to enter into. All right, but uh, there's something different. There's a difference in Onesimus. Right, and we kind of see that in verses 11 and 12. I mean, Paul kind of talks about how Onesimus used to be useless and is now useful. And this is kind of a play on the name of Onesimus. Onesimus means useful all right, in, in its base meaning. Right, and so he's kind of using his name to kind of say, hey, I know this guy. I know you had troubles with him. But now he is different. So why? Why has this person changed? Well, the short answer to that is Jesus, right? Onesimus, as we'll see, has now become a brother to Philemon. He is a brother in Christ, and because uh, in his running way, he's encountered Paul, and Paul has convinced him, talked to him, and, and encouraged him to become a Christian. And so there's a lot of things changed in Onesimus' life, and we can kind of see from this. See, I think Jesus changes people's lives, and he changes it in a number of different ways. The first way that he changes people's lives, as we see in this story, is that he makes you useful. You know, there's a lot of people in this world that we often think are useless, right? There are people that uh, bounce from one job to the next. There are people that, uh, that, that, that in society we don't see any use for, and we often treat them that way. But when you come into Christ, you become useful, uh, Ephesians, Paul will say uh, this. He'll say, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. All right? When we come into Christ, when we become Christians, we have become useful to God. All right? We get a job and gifts and talents that we are to use for the kingdom. All right? And so no matter who you are, if you are in Christ, you are still useful for the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter if you're young or if you're old, if you're crippled or if you're not. If you are in Christ, you have a job to do and you should be doing it. And so that's that's one of the things that we see that changes in Onesimus. Another thing is is uh, the attitude towards the problem that Onesimus has. All right. Onesimus. Whatever has caused the issue between him and Philemon chose to run away from his problem. Right? Rather than facing the issue, he chose to risk his life to flee from his master. All right? And so uh, that we see this in people, right? We see people that run away from problems. Maybe we've run away from problems. You know, and everybody's a little bit different. You know, a lot of people stand up to problems over and over and over again that just finally leave it. Other people, they they try to avoid the problem no matter what because they they don't want to to have conflict in their lives. All right? Uh, And and why do we do this? I think we do this because we are afraid. You know, we're afraid of confrontation. You know, we're afraid of of people that... uh, liking us. We want them to like us. And so we don't want to uh, have an argument that might cause them not to like us as people. You know, maybe sometimes rather than uh, addressing the problem face-to-face, we use social media, right? We get on Facebook and we say how bad our employer is or how bad this person is without actually talking to that person face-to-face. And this is where I think we see Onesimus, a change in him. He's gone from being a guy who's running away from his problem to now he's coming to address the problem face to face. And the reason there's this change is because he no longer has fear. All right? uh, John talks about this a little bit. He says uh, in First uh, John, there is no fear in love, but, f- but perfect love drives out fear. All right? And so uh, in Christ, we really don't have to fear anything, right? Because if God is on our side, who can be possibly against us? And even though uh, it may not go well for us in this life, there is a time when we're going to be with God for eternity. And if that is the case, there's really nothing that could happen on this earth that compares to being with Jesus. And if we're in Jesus, if we're in Christ, we can face man. Because they can't do anything to us that Christ couldn't do to us. And Christ stands behind us. And so we see that change in Onesimus, a man who was running away from his problems, but now is coming back to address the problems. Uh, Another thing we see is not necessarily a change in Onesimus, but is a change that Philemon should be making in his life. Paul uh, encourages him to have a different attitude towards uh, Onesimus. The problem that they were having we're not privy to that information, but it was enough that it broke down their relationship to the point that Philemon didn't feel like Onesimus was useful for anything to the point that Onesimus says the best thing for me to do is leave. All right, so it's a big issue, and their attitude towards each other was probably one of animosity. All right, and Now Paul is saying, hey, he's coming back, and I want you to accept him. I, I encourage you, because you love people, you should accept this person. Right, so Philemon has to make this 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 change in his attitude towards Onesimus. Right, and this is something that we should have in our lives because the reconciliation that we have with God because of Christ not only affects our relationship with God, but it should affect our relationship with other people. If we're in Christ, we should be working towards reconciling ourselves with other people. And that's what Paul is encouraging here between Philemon and Onesimus, coming back together, restoring that relationship. And as Christians, no matter who it is that comes uh, into this church and, and accepts Christ, no matter what happens, no matter who what they've done in their past, we should be accepting them. You know, we... We, we, we oftentimes think about these people that we know, right? And we know their sins. We've known what they've done. And they come to Christ and they come to church. And our attitude sometimes is, man, I can't believe that person's here. I mean, it happens. I mean, we, we, especially if we really know that person, right? But that shouldn't be the attitude. The attitude should be awesome. This is great thing. And we should be encouraging them, uh, even if it's a person that's just coming to Christ or someone that's left the church and is coming back. Our attitude should be one of trying to reconcile the relationship that, that broke down because of sin. Because no matter what, in our own lives, we were in that same situation once. We, too, were once in sin, and now we have Christ. And we once were in the place that Onesimus was, and now we are coming back to deal with these problems that are happening, well, Paul uh, uh, he kind of ends with one last phrase, and, and starting in verse thirteen, it's kind of a long uh, section, so uh, bear with me a little bit. I would like, I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I am in change for the gospels. But I did not want uh, to do anything without your consent, so that any favor you Uh, do would not seem forced but would be voluntary Uh, perhaps the reason he is separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back forever no longer a slave but better than a slave as a dear brother he is very dear to me but even dear to you both as a fellow man and as a brother in the lord so if you consider me a partner welcome him as you would welcome me if he has done you any wrong or owes you anything charge it to me i paul am writing this with my own hand i will pay it back Not to mention uh, that you owe me for your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I ask. And so this last thing that Paul uh, wants from Philemon with Onesimus is to send him back. You know, Paul, Paul is, is in chains, he's in prison, uh, and, and he wants Onesimus to come and to help him in the gospel message. And so he says to Philemon, hey, he's coming to you, bring him back. You know, send him back, let him work for the kingdom. All right? And then uh, there's one last change uh, that Jesus does that we see in this section. And it's a change in relational status. See, Onesimus was once a slave, but Paul says he's no longer just a slave. He's a brother. And when we are in Christ, we become brothers and sisters together. This is a change that happens as a result of Jesus. All right, So uh, we see in this little letter the impact that Jesus can have on people's lives. He can change things. Our world, it's there's lots of issues with it right now. You know, we, we see that in America. We see that uh, with the recent shootings uh, between cops and against cops, and all that other stuff, uh, we see it, uh, you know, in what's happened to Turkey this weekend, you know, the coup that happened there. You know, th- this world—it's messed up. You know, there's problems everywhere, but the only thing that's really going to fix the problems is Jesus. And as Christians, it is our job to work and spreading the kingdom message to be people of peace, to be peacemakers, uh, searching out and bringing Jesus to everyone in this world. And that is needs to be our goal, non- understanding that Jesus can change people, whether they are Muslim, whether they uh, are atheists and are attacking Christianity, Jesus can change them. And we need to be people reach, spreading that message of change everywhere we go. And so if you are here, and you've never felt that change that Jesus gives, and you want it, what better time than today? Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we're grateful uh, for Jesus and and the change that he brings in people's lives. Uh, We're grateful for the story of Onesimus, the man who who ran away, and we're grateful to be able to see uh, the change that happened in him. Uh, Lord, I pray that we can be people like philemon who are accepting uh, people who come to you uh, i pray god that we can uh, recognize the change that happens in lives and that we can be people spreading the message of jesus the message uh, that change is real i pray god as we live our lives that we will be uh, working towards your work that you have given us uh, that will be lights that are shining uh, that we will be peacemakers in this world that, that desperately needs peace. And I ask these things in your name. Amen.